All right. Thank you for joining me again for Rev Kev and The Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Let's pray before we get started. Father, I ask that you would bless this time of teaching, Lord, that you would let me speak as it be the oracles of God, that you would reveal the deep secret things of God. And Lord, that you would help us to see what it is that you're saying to those who are the ecclesia, those who are the called out ones today, Lord. Lord, I thank you for uh, including me and including all those that you have included into your family through the blood of your son, Jesus. And Lord, I ask that you would just speak to us the truth of God. And Lord, in a time of deception, which is a day that we're living in when there's much deception, Lord, and where there's many uh, delusions and where there's much satanic activity, Lord, I ask that you would break, Lord, the, the, the lies of the enemy, the lies of Satan. Lord, those that have been under a delusion and an illusion, Lord God, that you would, Father, clarify and Lord, that you would cause the, the, their minds to be set at liberty, Lord, and that you would take the blinders off of the eyes of those that have been blinded. And Lord, that you'd unstop the ears of those that have been uh, deafened, Lord. And so, Lord, I ask that you would speak through me, Father. I ask that you, <coughs> that you would keep those, Lord, that have been touched by COVID-19, Lord, that you would heal their bodies, Lord, that you would cause them to recover. Lord, those that have already passed away, I pray that you would be with their families and that you would comfort them, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Amen. Good Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. Uh, today's uh, podcast episode uh, is entitled Realms and the Trichotomy of Mankind, Exercising Our Spiritual Senses. But the title uh, that I really want to, to focus on is Ra'ah Malaka Elohim Asa, uh, which is uh, which means to look at the work which God has done. To look at the work which God has done. Ra'a Malaka Elohim Asa, which means look at the work that God has done. I really wanted to entitle this uh, by another name, but um, through research, I found that someone already had that name. And so we have to avoid using that particular name that I was going to use. So today's episode, we're still talking about realms and the trichotomy of mankind, which the two realms that we're talking about is our natural realm that we live in. And but we're also talking about the spiritual realm that some of us also live in. And I say some of us because all of us that will hear this podcast may not have a relationship with Yeshua, with God, uh, which is based upon the covenant that God established uh, in the former covenant or Old Testament. And then we find the new covenant, excuse me, in the New Testament, which was ratified and, and all, um, put into effect by the blood of Jesus, God's son. And so if we are part of that covenant, then we're talking uh, together on the same page. If we are not, then the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if you don't have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, 
you can do so today. Amen. Let's read our uh, foundational scripture before we get started. And I may not be able to get into what I want to get into totally because of time. Uh, we started a little bit late. However, our foundational scripture is found in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter five, beginning with verse 11. Uh, and I'm not reading out of the King James today, but listen to what the word of God says. It says, we have much to say about this subject. Uh, and the writer is talking about Melchizedek, but more clearly and more concretely, he is talking about Jesus or Yeshua, which the Bible says was made uh, in uh, a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a uh, the priest that Abraham encountered uh, and he gave uh, tithes to Melchizedek, but Melchizedek appeared out of nowhere and he didn't have father or mother beginning of days nor end of life. And it says the same thing about Yeshua. He had neither father nor mother beginning of days nor end of life. He always was. But yet he is God's son in the earth through Mary for the purpose of redemption. But he always was before he even became Mary's son. Amen. And so we have much to say about what? About Melchizedek, about Jesus, uh, about that subject. But it is hard to explain, not because they couldn't explain it or the writer couldn't explain it, but because what? You have become sluggish in understanding. Many times God can't get through to us the revelation that he wants to get through to us, not because he can't do it in and of himself, but because he can't do it because we are not able to receive it. He said, you're sluggish in understanding for although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the very first principles of God word, <clears throat> the very first principles of God's word all over again. Excuse me. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who has to drink milk is still a baby without experience in applying the word uh, about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by continuous exercise to distinguish good from evil. And that's how in this natural realm, that's how we uh, got our discernment. That's how we begin to understand and to begin to discern uh, that which was right from that which was wrong and, and so on and so forth is by exercise, by uh, by continuously strengthening ourselves through experiences that we go through in life. Even from a child, we learn what to do, what not to do, what is right, what is wrong. We learn all of those things in our in our natural senses. When a child puts his hand on a stove, on a hot stove, we learn quickly that we should not do that ever again. And so it is in the spirit. We also have senses in the spirit. Like I said earlier, we have this natural realm, but there's also the spiritual realm. We have our natural senses, the sense of sight, touch, uh, hearing, smelling, and, and so on. But yet in the spiritual realm, we also have senses, which is like smelling is in the spirit realm. It would be discernment. We're able to tell when something is not good and, and when it is good, when it is rotten and when it's not rotten. Why? Because we have our spiritual senses exercised just like we have our physical senses exercised. Listen, we have to function in the spirit realm just as well as we function in 
the natural realm. And we function in the natural realm by our natural senses. We function in the spiritual realm by our spiritual senses. And so, you know, you ever been in a you may some of you may have been in a situation where you may not know exactly what's wrong with a particular relationship, maybe a friendship or a particular uh, circumstance that you find yourself in. But, you know, inwardly that there's something rotten about it. You know, inwardly that there's something that just stinks about this situation. That is spiritual discernment. And if we are sincere in walking with the Lord, believe me, the Lord will show us what it is that is not right about a particular situation, a particular individual uh, or a particular relationship. Amen. And we will need spiritual discernment all of our spiritual lives. We will need spiritual discernment because we will always find ourselves in different situations and circumstances that are either good or they're bad, either right or they're wrong, either good or either holy or unholy, either righteous or unrighteous. You see, so we're we'll always need our senses. And in uh, Hebrews, what we just read in Hebrews chapter five, it tells us that, you know, that uh, that we achieve maturity by exercise. We in exercise uh, it, it, we, some time ago, I told you it was the the Greek word gymnazo, uh, which the heat, which the New Testament is written in Greek. The Old Testament is written in Aramaic and Hebrew. But the, the word is gymnazo, which is where we get our English word gymnasium from. And so when you talk about exercise, you're talking about working out. You're talking about uh, 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 a continuous repetition, you see. And so that's how we get our muscles built up and, and that's how we get stronger. Now, I mentioned in the last podcast that when you look at and I'm going into the temple right now. But when you look at in the tabernacle, uh, when you look at uh, at the, the Ark of the Covenant, and when you look at its construction, uh, you'll find out that on the top of the ark was the mercy seat. And on the mercy seat, there were two angels on either end of the mercy seat, you see. And, and those angels are called cherubim. And what I said last time, uh, I said that there's uh, divine activity in the covenant of God. But nevertheless, it's what I meant was and what I should have said was, is that uh, that that there is angelic activity in the covenant of God. That's why those two cherubim are there to, to not only guard the mercy seat, not only guard the presence of God, but also to aid those who are a part of that covenant, you see. And, and that's uh, those that have been born again are those that have been born from the beginning. I want to read you in Hebrews chapter number 13 uh, to support what I'm saying. And I always try, not always try, I always, uh, you know, find, I always look for scriptural support for what I'm saying. I'm not just going to say something and uh, say that it's truth or say that uh, that you should accept it if I can't support it with scripture with the word of God, then it's no good. If it, if it doesn't have any scriptural basis or scriptural support, then it has no, no validity. 
uh, and some people latch on to things just because a certain bishop said it or just because a certain prophet said it or just because mom and dad said it or whoever. And I'm not saying that we should not and younger people should not respect their parents. They should. But what I am saying is that we need to we need to have a foundation and verify everything that we're saying when it pertains to God, especially with the word of God. We need to be able to to support it with a scriptural foundation. However, in Hebrews chapter 13, it says, let brotherly friendship continue, but don't forget to be friendly to outsiders. For in so doing, some people uh, without knowing it have entertained angels. Remember uh, those in prison and being mistreated as if you were in prison with them and uh, undergoing their torture yourselves. But what I really want to focus on in this verse, of course, is that when it says, "Be uh, but don't forget to be friendly for outsiders, to outsiders, excuse me, for in so doing, some people without knowing it have entertained angels. There are times in my life, especially I know that I have entertained an angel. I know that I was in the presence of an angel. And one day I may be at liberty to share more about what happened. However, uh, we have read our, our scriptural verse uh, and some other things I want to flash back to the, the, the previous podcast that we had. And I was telling you all what was in the Ark of the Covenant. Of course, you could read it for yourself uh, in Exodus uh when uh, the construction of the temple, the construction of the of the furniture of the temple and things like that. And 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 uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing a podcast and the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it was the Holy Spirit began to tell me to to slow down a little bit, slow down, because, you know, we feel like we have to just keep moving and moving. We don't want people to get bored or what have you and things like that. But at the same time, you know, sometimes it takes time to get into these things because it, some things you can gloss over, but yet if you really want to get in into it, then it takes time. And so I talked about um, the, the pot of manna that was there in uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And I talked about, I couldn't remember his name at the time, but it was Korah, Korah's rebellion. When Korah got some of the chief people in Israel in the, in the camp, in the wilderness and begin to come against Moses and against Aharon or Aaron. And they begin to say that the people are holy. And, and why are you trying to, to exalt yourself above the people and all of that kind of thing, uh, which may have purely come out of jealousy. They may have come against them because they were jealous and and leaders. Listen, there are people that will come against you from within your own ranks because of jealousy. There are people that will come against you, pastors and prophets and evangelists out of your own ranks because of jealousy, because of envy, because they want to, you know, God's using you and they want to be used like you're being used by God. But nevertheless, Moses and Aaron were chosen by God. They didn't put themselves in that in that position. They were chosen by God. So Aaron's, uh, uh, Korah's rebellion is found in uh, Shemot or Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 through 36. Exodus 16, 1 through 36. Also, there was the uh, um, 
I'm sorry, I may have mixed something up here, but I was talking about Korah's rebellion in the in the in the uh, Aaron's rod is what it was. I don't know if I mentioned manna, but Aaron's rod budded, and that was Korah's rebellion. God showed who he had chosen. He told Moshe to take Aaron's rod and to put it before the Ark of the Covenant, or before the Ark, uh, before the Ark of the Pact or the Covenant or the uh, Habrit, the the Covenant. And so in the morning, the, the, the rod had budded with almond blossoms and flowers. And that's found uh, in Shemot or Exodus 16, 1 through 36. Okay, excuse me. And also God sent manna from heaven or manna. Some people may pronounce it from heaven when the Israelites were in uh, in, in the wilderness, when we were in the wilderness as Israelites, because we're taking this journey with them as Israelites and excuse me, I'm going fast, but I'm trying to keep moving before I run out of time. So, uh, there was, uh, the manna that God sent from heaven and God told, uh, Moses told Moshe to tell Aharon or Aaron to take some of the manna, put it in the golden pot and put it in the Ark of the Covenant. And that's found in Shemot chapter 6. That whole experience is found in Shemot chapter 16 or Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 through 36. Also, there was the stone tablets that God wrote with his own fingers. Moshe, there, there's, it's believed by the sages that there were not only the, the, the tablets that God redid for Moshe, but also the ones that Moshe broke when the children of, of Israel uh, uh, B'nai Israel were, were uh, worshiping the golden calf. And that is found in uh, Shemot or Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through 36. Amen. So these, all these things were in the Ark of the Covenant. Also, I mentioned last time that uh, the fact that like a military person goes through boot camp, to familiarize themselves with their weapons so when they get into war into battle then they know how to use their weapons they know what their weapons are they know what their uh, foundation is and why did i say that because you when you think about well let me just let me let me just uh see if i can find this uh scripture right quick it's it's in second timothy and i believe it's uh let me see if it's chapter Number two. Okay, all right. In and Second Timothy chapter two, beginning with verse one, it says, So then, this is Paul talking to Timothy or Timotheus. So then you, my son, be empowered by the grace that comes from the Messiah, Yeshua, and the things you heard from me, which were supported by many witnesses. These things commit to faithful people, such as will be competent to teach others also accept your share in suffering disgrace as a good soldier of messiah you see we're we're soldiers of jesus christ we're soldiers of the messiah and so each soldier goes through boot camp to learn what their weapons are and how to use their weapons uh he says as a good soldier of messiah yeshua then he says, no soldier on duty gets involved uh, with civilian affairs since he has to please him, since he has to please his commanding officer. Also, an athlete can't win a contest unless he competes. Now, listen at this. 
he says that a uh, 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 an athlete can't win a contest unless he competes according to the rules. The former who has done the hard work should be the first to receive a share of the harvest. Think about what I'm saying, for the Lord will enable you to understand everything. So Paul tells Timothy about a soldier and he tells him about an athlete. He said that the soldier wants to please his commanding officer. He also mixes with that talking about uh, uh, when he talks about uh, an athlete, that one that competes according to the rules. And so what the Holy Spirit was was getting at through me and telling us about a soldier and going to boot camp and learning about his weapons is that we need to learn about uh, you see, when we want to operate in the spirit realm and when we're trying to operate uh, according to the to the to the mandate of God, we have to learn what is the foundational things uh, concerning our faith in God and concerning our belief, because before we can operate in the spirit realm, we have to learn. Uh, uh, just let me put it to you this way. If you think of a car, you know, some people are fascinated by the outside of the car and some people are fascinated by the inside of the car and it looks so nice and, and sharp and you know it's a sports car or whatever but there is an engine that causes that car to work it, it there is an engine that causes that car to move what are the things that cause us to be able to function in the spirit realm what are the things what are the what what are the uh, the things that causes us to be able to function in God? We have to know, uh, you know, what what the foundation is, you see. And so and so uh, we we just can't walk into the things of God and do what we want to do. But there is a covenant that that gives us the foundation to do the things that we do in the spirit of God. There is a covenant and we need to understand that covenant and we need to understand the 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 pattern that God laid down. God is trying to tell us something through the Mishkan, which means in Hebrew means the dwelling place. God said to Moshe, build me a tabernacle, tell the people to give uh, of, of gold and silver and scarlet and 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 ram's hair and wool and linen you know, so that there can be a temple so that I can dwell in the midst of my people and the people. God said, look, the ones whose hearts move them to give, let them give. But the ones whose heart don't move them to give, then they don't have to give. But they gave so liberally until God told Moshe to tell the people that's enough because Moshe had too much. Uh, he was starting to get too much. Uh, he, need, he only needed so much to do what he needed to do. And when we look at the construction of the temple and the tabernacle and the furniture and the, 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 the different tools that were used in the tabernacle, we see how awesome God really is. God didn't waste anything. There were measurements for everything that God did, you see, and everything that most Moshe or Moses did that God told him to do. God said, make sure that you build it according to to the pattern. Make sure that you do it according to the pattern. There are sometimes 
not only in church with leadership, but also in our own lives. Are we manifesting things that God has showed us? You see, or are we manifesting things out of our own imagination, out of our own will, out of our own mind? You know, or are, are we working according to a pattern or are we just throwing something together? You see, but when it comes to serving God and really in all in our whole life, we should first get our pattern uh, from heaven, from God, because God's will. Remember what Jesus taught his disciples. He said, pray our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Listen, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was all about manifesting heaven on earth. This is what you and I should be about, you see, is manifesting heaven on earth. Am I trying to tell you what to do? No, I'm not. But I say this is what we should be about now. The, on the flip side, we can do, you can do, I can do whatever I want to do, but it comes at a cost. We have, to, we have to realize that we're accountable to God, you see. God, in, in other words... <laughs> When you read in the book of Hebrews, there's a there. God talks about a t the tabernacle and he talks about what was in the tabernacle. But then he said this particular tabernacle that Moshe built was a tabernacle that man built. God gave Aholiab and Bezalel the, the wisdom and the spirit of God to be able to know how and to 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 make the Ark of the Covenant, to know how to make the menorah, which is the lampstand, to know how to make the brazen altar and all of the furnitures of the furnishing of the tabernacle. But yet the Bible says that there is a true tabernacle in heaven, which God built and not man. So the tabernacle that Moshe uh, had a holy of Bezalel and those uh, 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 different other ones who worked on the tabernacle to build was a replica or a representation of the true tabernacle, which is in heaven. You see what was manifested. It's, it's an awesome thing when God puts the wisdom within us, the spirit within us to manifest something on earth that already exists in heaven. That's an awesome thing. I mean, everything that we do in our, in our sanctuaries, Everything that we do in our synagogues and whatnot should be a manifestation of heaven on earth. It really should. Jesus said, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. If it was left to the will of man, there would be all kind of things going on in the sanctuary, in the synagogue, in the tabernacle. But yet God chooses those who will who will comply with his will. And that's what he wants. God wants to, to, to tabernacle with us on earth. If you think about the Garden of Eden, the cherubim were there at the, at the gate to keep man out once he had uh, fell and once he had committed sin. Uh, but nevertheless, God was dwelling with Adam and Eve, with, uh, with, with uh, Ish and Isha, with Hava and her husband in the Garden of Eden. Because they, Adam said, I heard your voice. I heard you in the garden. I, I heard you. I, I know you. And I specifically heard you in the garden, you see. And then when you look at, uh, uh, at our travels as one of the children of Israel, when you go into the, into the wilderness, in the tabernacle, God said, look, I want to dwell amongst my people, Israel. 
You see, build me a sanctuary so I could dwell amongst them. And then when you go to the uh, to the New Testament with Jesus, what does it say? When Jesus was conceived in Mary and God implanted his seed within a woman, it says that uh, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means what? Which means God with us. God wanted to be with us in the garden. God wanted to be with us in the tabernacle. And also God wanted to be with us in through Jesus. And he was with us through Jesus on the face of the earth. And then well, when you go to the book of Revelation, what did it say? Uh, in, in one of the latter chapters, I don't remember which one it was at the particular time, but in the, one of the latter chapters in the book of Revelation, it says that the tabernacle of God is with man. So as I've stated on one of the earlier podcasts some time ago, that everything that was in the beginning, God is going to restore it in the end. Everything God is not his plan is not going to be thrown to the side. Everything that God planned from the beginning is going to be manifested in the end. The Bible said that the tabernacle of God is with man, you see. And so God will dwell with us. And so some sometimes we get caught up in a building or in a denomination. And I'd said before in the last podcast, I'm getting further and further away from denominations because religion and denominations have already made their minds up about God. They want to portray God to us in a particular light, in a particular way, put him in a particular wrapping. But it's really not about that because God never said Jesus never said create a denomination. He never said that. He talked about a relationship with God. God never said, I want you to be a denomination or a religion to Moshe. He said, build me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst my people. Who do we look for when we go into the synagogue? Who do we look for when we go into the church? You see, we should be looking for God because that's the whole reason why the sanctuary existed in the first place. That's the whole reason why the tabernacle existed in the first place was so that God could dwell amongst his people. There was a manifestation of God. Once Moshe, Moses finished all of the work of the tabernacle and Aholib and Bezalel finished all of the work, you can read it uh, for yourself. And I believe one of the instances is in... Um, Exodus or Shemot chapter 40, where the presence of the God of God fell, where the presence of the Lord fell on the tabernacle and filled the tabernacle. If you read about uh, uh, King Solomon or King Shlomo in Hebrew, if you read about him and the tabernacle, the house that he made for God, because David, his father, couldn't build God a house. God told him, your son Solomon will build me a house. And once Solomon built that house and once it was finished, the Bible says that the priest could not stand to minister. No one could stand in the house because the glory of God filled the house. And when was the last time that the glory of God filled his house? When was the last time you've been in a service, a synagogue service, a church service or whatever, where the glory, where it was so strong, where people just couldn't stand up under the glory of God? You see, but a lot of times there's been a lot of other things going on in the church and people trying to control the church and trying to control the business of the church. And, you know, it's just it's ridiculous. But those things go on. 
But the whole reason why this why, why the sanctuary was created by Moses, Aholiab and Bezalel in the first place was so that God could dwell amongst his people. Forget about all that other stuff that goes on in the church and goes on in, in synagogue or wherever else. The whole reason is so God can dwell amongst his people. If God is not dwelling amongst his people, then what are we there for? What are we there for? However, there was, as I mentioned, a lot of measurements and things like that. Uh, because, I mean, God, you know, there, there's a God calculates things. He doesn't just throw things together. He calculates things. Even uh, Yeshua, Jesus gave a, a parable in the in the New Testament, the former, uh, the latter covenant, rather, where he said that if a man is going to uh, to, to go against uh, if a king is going to go against another king to war. First, what the, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to sit down and he's going to count the cost. He's going to sit down and he's going to count the cost to see if he has what it takes to go against this king. If he doesn't have what it takes, then he's going to send some letters to him of, to, to, of terms of peace because he knows that he doesn't have what it takes to go against this particular king. And so, uh, you know, Jesus said to, to count the cost, count the cost. Don't be wasteful. And, and also there were various uh, uh, directions that uh, of furniture, various directions that each piece of furniture was placed in. You know, we have the cardinal directions, which is north, south, east and west. Amen. And so there's, uh, let me share with you what, what each direction means. And then we're going to close for, for this particular time. Uh, the north direction in Hebrew is Safan. It's the name Safan. It's spelled T-S-A-P-H-O-N, Safan, which north in Hebrew is Safan. And it means to hide or to treasure up, or to conceal, or to be in secret. To hide, to treasure up, to conceal, or to be in secret. That's what the name Safan means in Hebrew, and that's for the direction of north. The direction of south, uh, it's, it's, it, the south side is the right side. The south side is the right side, and the, the Hebrew name is Taman, which is the south side or the right side, but it also means to be parched or to be dry. Now you have the east side, which uh, the, the Hebrew name for east is Mizrak, and the root is Zarak, and it means to rise or to come forth uh, or to go forward. When it comes to the west direction it is it's the hebrew word uh yam or ma'arav ma'arav or yam is the west in in hebrew and it comes from the root erev which means evening amen also uh the west is uh, uh determined also or pointed out by the mediterranean sea uh, is the Mediterranean Sea is a natural border uh, of Israel on the west 
side. Um, also, let me see. I made sure I gave you all the all the directions. Yes, I gave you the south. I gave you the east, which means to go forward. I gave you the west, uh, which comes from the root erev, which means evening. And uh, also gave you, I believe I gave you the yeah the, the north side, Safan, which means to hide, to treasure up, to conceal, or uh, a secret place. But it also means gloomy on the north side. Amen. Uh, and also, uh, next time I'm going to give you the... We're going to talk more about, we're going to work backwards from the Ark of the Covenant and talk more about the, about the furniture, uh, that the rest of the furniture that was in the, in, the, uh, in the tabernacle. We're going to work backwards from the Ark, which is in the Holy of Holies, and we're going to talk about the rest of the furniture, and then we're going to work our way outside, and we're going to talk about the, the different tribes of Israel that camped around the sanctuary and the direction that they were stationed in. Amen. So let's let's co close for now. Uh, if you want to uh, communicate with me, it's RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I have received a few emails, but if you have a question or if you need uh, information about something, email me. RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. I'm not here for my health. I'm here to help others if you will let me help you. Rev Kev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. Just email me and uh, send me some uh, correspondence if you have questions or if you have something that you need answers about. Uh, just email me. Rev Kev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. Father, I ask that you would keep your people. Thank you for this podcast. Lord, thank you for breath and health so that I can declare the word of God. Thank you for using me, Lord, for your glory and for your honor. Uh, and Lord, I ask that you would keep your people, Lord, that you would keep illuminating us and, and keep speaking to us your word. And we thank you right now in the name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen.